Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up. It's Friday, December 16th. Today's podcast focuses exclusively on this week's features from WFUV's newsroom. I'm Megan Oftermat. On Monday this week, we heard the FUV Sports Spotlight. It features stories from One on One, New York's longest-running call-in sports talk show. WFUV's Ryan Gregware and Mike Calamari sat down with NBC's Bob Costas to talk about the legendary impact of WFUV alum Vin Scully. This interview is with NBC's Bob Costas from a special edition of One on One, celebrating Vin Scully, the founder of WFUV and a Fordham alum. Ryan Gregware and Michael Calamari talked with Costas on the legacy of Vin Scully as a broadcaster for 67 years in baseball. In this excerpt, Bob tells a special story illustrating the impact of Scully on everyone he met. To check out the entire interview, visit WFUV Sports on YouTube and be sure to tune in to more of One on One, Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on YouTube and 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. on 90.7 FM. Bob, this is Ryan. Thank you so much for taking some time with us to talk about the impact of Vince Scully. Hey, guys. How are you now? being on WFUV and talking about the Fordham legacy, understand you're talking to a Syracuse guy, but the <laughs> one school that can rival Syracuse, maybe not in volume. we got a very, very long list. But when you got Vin Scully at the top of your list and you got Mike Breen and others, you're right there, Michael Kay. Uh, you're right there. Bob, do you have a favorite story about Vin Scully? And if not a favorite, maybe one that just resonates with you? Well, this one resonates with me because I was, involved in a small way personally. Some 30 years ago, I was interviewing the great musician Ray Charles for a magazine piece on NBC. And at the end of this interview, Ray says to me, you know who I'd really like to meet? And I'm thinking, you're Ray Charles. You're a genius in your own right. You're acclaimed everywhere. You've been everywhere, done everything. You can meet anybody you want. Who could it possibly be? Who is it, Ray? Who do you want to meet? He said, I would love to meet Vin Scully. He said, Bob, you have to understand. To me, the picture means nothing, because Ray Charles, of course, was blind. To me, the sound is everything. And th- these are his words exactly. He said, Vin's broadcasts are almost musical. Could you introduce me to Vin Scully? I said, well, yeah, I'm sure I could arrange that. So eventually, uh, we got Ray to Dodger Stadium. I called Vin and explained the situation to him. And Vin, as usual, was wonderful and gracious. And here's Ray Charles, as acclaimed at what he did, as Vin Scully was at what he did. But when Vin walked into the room, almost on cue, and said, Hello, Ray. My name is Vin Scully. What a pleasure to meet you. Ray Charles lit up like a little kid. He almost trembled with delight. And Vin was very appreciative of Ray's accomplishments. But you could tell that it was not an equal exchange. <laughs> Ray was more thrilled to be around Vin. Vin was, of course, respectful and appreciative. It's Ray Charles, after all. But Ray was like a kid in a candy store. That was WFUV's Ryan Gregware and Mike Calamari talking to Bob Costas about Vin Scully. It was an excerpt from One on One, New York's longest-running call-in sports talk show. Every year, WFUV has listeners pick the best songs of the year. This year, the WFUV Best of 2022 Countdown will air on December 30th. WFUV's Robin Shannon sat down with music director Russ Boris to talk about his top picks from 2022. 
Welcome, Russ. Hey, hey. So let's start with your favorite three top songs. So in third place for your pick is... I don't know. Did I have it in that way? I don't even know if I, I had know. him. I'm all right, sure. let me see. I th- I, th- I had him all jumbled. You know, it, I think there's one that's a favor, and I think there's some others that are just all probably tied for. Let's a second. not worry about an order. Yeah, you, let's just go with what, what's on uh, okay, your mind. Okay, so right one now. of them, one of them, I think is probably um, "Skin and Bones" from 070 Shake, which is just such a cool, like subtly hooky song. Mm-hmm. Um, I always appreciate when an artist finds a way to use auto tune for good and not evil. <laughs> Because traditionally, auto-tune is the devil. When we think about the 80s. He, yeah, I mean, just just in the way that it had taken on, you know, uh, what is that, uh, that Share Believe song, which really took it to whole other heights. Um, so I just love that song. And anytime you as well can use a, the word shorty in there, like the, you know, this, you know, sort of a pseudonym for, uh, you know, babe or sweetie or honey or anything like that. Uh-huh. I got a soft spot for shorty. Okay. I don't know. All right. I think it's cool. <laughs> Although I heard that was get the short end of your time. That's where, like, if it's a guy is dating a girl, but mm. the shorty gets the short end of his time. That definitely feels much less affectionate. Yes, much. Yeah. But in this song, I feel like it is definitely used affectionately. Okay. And what's your next pick? Um, another one I would say would probably be Talk from Biba Doobie, who's just a huge, you know, emerging talent out of the UK. Uh, something about this song has a classic kind of 90s indie rock feel to it. Whether it's, you know, Liz Fair or, you know, Lush or something, that there is something in the music that um, very much harkens back to that for me, and I just think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And what about your next pick? The number one song is definitely pretty set here because um, there is something about this song that the first time I heard it, I... I think I know when something hits me differently mm-hmm. when I either stop what I'm doing or I might look up. I don't know why. Why do you look at the speakers? You know what I mean? Like if you're listening to something and something catches your ear, why do you look up at the speakers? Do you expect the speaker to visually show you something I about wonder. it? I you know what I mean? Like this is a thing. I'm not the only one who does this. Right. I know I'm not. You know, you do it if you're in the car. You're just like, what? What was that? And I look at the speakers like it's going to give me an answer of some kind. But I had done that the first time I heard this song from Kuko uh, called Sitting in the Corner. And Casey Musgraves is on there. Um, and there is, I don't know what most of the words are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's its its part English, it's part Spanish. Um, I know some Spanish. I'm not not as much as I did when I was in high school. but mm-hmm. um, Spanish 101. Yeah, I, I, mean, I took like five years of Spanish. I was pretty good at it for a little while. But, you know, if you don't... You don't flex that muscle, like, you know, <laughs> you the atrophy the, sets in. You yeah. can still count the 10, but that's yeah. not helping with the music part. <laughs> right. So I don't necessarily know all the words to this, and it doesn't matter in any way. The song kind of jumps off, you know, the, the speakers. It's incredibly catchy and so fun and doesn't sound like anything else that I had heard the entire year. So every time I heard it, every time I heard WFUV play it, I just thought it was better and better and better. It's just so super cool. You got into it. Very much so. Now, what do you think WFUV listeners will pick for their top song? You know, there are many years where I have a good sense of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go in and I knew one year, you know, Juice from Lizzo was going to be number one and it wasn't going to be close. And it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, There are moments 
where I feel like I got that down. I'm not so sure this time around. I mm. think there's a lot of competition and there is a lot of songs that stick out that I'm just really not sure where it's going to land. You know, is it going to be Bad Habit from Steve Lacey? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe it is. I'm not certain. It's my pick right now, probably, but I'm not certain. You might change your mind. In I might change my mind tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Okay. So listeners can still vote for their top song for WFUV. Where can they do this, Russ Boris? Of course, on our website at WFUV.org. You can vote for your favorite songs, your favorite albums, and your top music discovery of the year. That's one of the more fun ones for me, just to see the artists that people had not heard before that stuck out. Thanks for hanging, Russ Boris. Thank you. That was WFUV's Robin Shannon talking to music director Russ Boris about the WFUV Best of 2022 countdown. Every month, we feature an interview from Fordham Conversations. This month, WFUV's David Escobar sat down with author Susan Azarone to talk about her book Heaven on the Hudson, which recounts Riverside Park's rich, forgotten history. Riverside Park is it's obviously got a lot of untold history, but I was just kind of initially curious, like, what got you interested in all of this? I live in the neighborhood and I love the neighborhood and I've loved it from day one. When I wanted to learn more about the neighborhood, I discovered that though there were bits and pieces here and there, there was nothing that brought together the history and the architecture and the people who were responsible for creating this neighborhood or those who had lived here over time. New Yorkers really, I think, now know Riverside Park is the West Side Highway more so. So I'm just a little curious before cars in the train, like what exactly did Riverside Park look like? It, uh, it was set up, uh, well, to go back a little bit. Um, so the trains were there from very early on. And the original park was built just to the edge of the trains. There was no thought at the time to go beyond the tracks. But the drive itself, which of course parallels the park, uh, was set up to provide a wide, um, basically recreation area for walkers and um, equestrians of all sorts, uh, whether they were on horseback or uh, in a carriage. So it was all focused on relaxation and enjoyment of nature, whereas now there's more of um, sports uh, and um, that type of recreation element to it. We don't really always think about like the purpose that maybe went into a park. And, you know, somebody that's really famous in New York for kind of having that in mind when developing parks was Frederick Law Olmsted, who you talk about a little bit. Was there like a purpose, an original purpose of Riverside Park? There were multiple purposes, really. Uh, in Olmsted's mind, it was to enable people of all classes to enjoy nature, because at the time, parks, and I could put parks in quotes there, um, green areas were really restricted to the wealthy. Um, and the the everyday person was expected to get their nature by going down to the riverside or by going to uh, local cemeteries. That was another that was another um, place where they were supposed to enjoy quote nature. Um, but uh, Olmsted was a big believer in uh, opening that opportunity up to everybody. You know, the book is it's a guide to the history and everything, but it's also a guide to you know, some of the landmarks, some of the architecture. 
Oh, I have one particular favorite. Uh, it is on the drive. It's called the Shinazi Mansion. It's this absolutely gorgeous white villa. Uh, it stands on a corner. It is the only privately owned freestanding villa on Riverside Drive and possibly in all of New York. It has a fabulous interior, lots of wood and marble and mosaics. And the outside is, is just gorgeous as well. That was WFUV's David Escobar talking to Susan Azarone about her book, Heaven on the Hudson, which highlights the history of Riverside Park. Fordham Conversations enlists the help of the Fordham community to tell stories about our world. Strike a Chord is WFUV's quarterly public service campaign. Each quarter, we choose to highlight nonprofits in the New York City area that do work centered around a specific theme. This quarter, our focus is clean communities. We take a look at organizations that work to clean, sanitize, and beautify the New York City area. WFUV's Isabel Danzis spoke with the founder of NYC Clean Volunteers. I'm here with Saki Lee, the founder of NYC Clean Volunteers. Hi, good morning. So, Saki, could you tell me a little bit about NYC Clean Volunteers and what you do? Uh, NYC Clean Volunteers are a group of concerned uh, citizens who want to clean up the city that we love, New York City. So uh, we look to bring awareness to the public about cleanliness. And uh, we hope to inspire others to help pick up as well. We always clean in teams for safety and visibility because it is about awareness. What is the importance of having a clean community? See, I think it really improves the mood. If you are at a spot that is already dirty, you're not going to care about it. So I think it has a big deal to deal with uh, the mental health issues of the people in the city. It put people in a bad mood. What is the importance of cleaning in teams? Well, cleaning in team is really supportive. There's just an energy that is generated when you are with a group of people. And also we go out there with our, you know, our bright safety jackets, we have buttons, you know, we're looking good. We're going out there cleaning the streets and and people notice us and some people just come up to thank us some people want to join us so it's a real community building what was the inspiration for creating an organization like this i just want to say this morning i was coming home from the park and i was just noticing this particular morning how the streets are so clean they must have just washed it almost the entire route it was just so uplifting you know i can smell I have a really sensitive smell. I could almost like smell the clean air and the water. So yeah, uh, dirty streets is disgusting. And, you know, a lot of people would agree with me, I think. And um, yeah, it needs to be cleaned up. That's my inspiration, cleaning those streets up. What do your volunteers take away from helping clean up the streets? The volunteers are very surprised that we actually do not get dirty cleaning up. Well, I don't like to get dirty cleaning up. You know, we. We, we use grabbers and I love tongs myself because I usually have two tongs, double the action where I can get into those grates. So people, when they come, they're really pleasantly surprised how much they really enjoy. It's very sociable, you know, teamwork, camaraderie, you know, knowing that we're not alone. I also met people who want to do this, but they feel self-conscious or afraid to go out there. So going in teams are really important for a safety factor and again, visibility. We really want to inspire and bring awareness how wonderful it is to have a clean city. And so what keeps you going? I've been seeing some changes during the pandemic is when we started this. 
cleanup effort. I've seen improvements, and I feel very encouraged when I meet other people who want to volunteer to help pitch in to clean up. So what keeps me going is now we are actually getting a lot of uh, attention. We probably done at least I haven't counted them like over forty, you know, cleanups in the past year. That's a lot. We go out almost every week. Thanks so much, Saki. That was Saki Lee, the founder of NYC Clean Volunteers. Strike Accord aims to highlight nonprofits in the New York City tri-state area. I'm Isabel Danzis, WFUV News. That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis talking with Saki Lee, the founder of NYC Clean Volunteers. This quarter, Strike Accord is spotlighting nonprofits that help clean up New York City. And that's it for me. You can check out the What's What weekly wrap-up every Friday for more features exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast. It explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues surrounding the New York metropolitan area. And includes features and interviews just like the ones you heard exclusively from FUV. You can catch new episodes every weekday at 3 p.m. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or find more at WFUVnews.org. With WFUV News, I'm Megan Oftermatt.